This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by Joe Garrisey at Backwards Planning Financial and by our supporters at Patreon.com. Every time we say the Apostles' Creed, we confess that we believe in the forgiveness of sins. This is reasonable, we might think. Isn't forgiveness of sin the entire point? Their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Yes, it is the entire point. But it is also part of the point that this forgiveness is entirely grace and must never be considered an entitlement. It's not something we deserve. We are given forgiveness, but we do not get to demand forgiveness. And remembering this is tougher than it looks. Welcome back to Season 3 of Brayhearth, everybody. Brian and Lexi are here talking about... That's right, babe. We are talking about <laughs> biblical conflict resolution. There we go. Conflict resolution. And uh, that is going to be the focus of this rather shorter season than our other ones, but really focused on peacemaking, forgiving one another, fighting our sin, how to do that practically. And and this is kind of a funny episode that we're going to do here um, because this episode is, I don't actually know if I tit- if future me titled it this, but it could be titled why you need this season of bright heart. Oh yes. You did say that earlier. Yep. And that's, that's what it could be because what we're basically going to do in this episode is outline why every Christian could use a crash course in conflict resolution and like why this is such a universally applicable topic. And, and I kind of want to just head off you know, there's a certain type of response. I've actually heard this response before in counseling, talking through some, let's say marriage issue, just it happens all the time, parenting, marriage, whatever. And sometimes I'll say, okay, you know, married couple sitting in front of me, here's what we're going to do to start your marriage counseling. We've just talked often for 45 minutes or an hour about what kind of problems they think they're having, what's where the conflict is, where the, the problems lie. And me or one of the other pastors of the church will say like, okay, here's the plan. And we'll begin to lay out basically the foundation stones in Christian Love 101, Christian Conflict Resolution 101, not graduate level, not an advanced degree in Christian theology, not 57 books that they need to read and techniques they need to apply. Like we start with the really basic, here's how to resolve sin. Here's how to confess. Here's how to forgive one another. And and honestly, I mean, it comes up over and over and over again. People kind of look a little skeptical, like, okay, but that's pretty basic stuff. As I'm listening to you talk, I almost wonder if it's because we have such a bad view of education. Because when you think about like sitting down to study the five solos or whatever, you're doing that because you love it, like yeah. for the sake of the thing. So I think a lot of the times, because we have a messed up, it's like a utilitarian view of things. Yeah. They're thinking... Well, that's the real theology. Like, I'll yeah. really love my spouse when I understand the five solos. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's this more. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm abso- trying to say. I, I absolutely hear you. It's, it's <clears throat> this mistake we've talked about before that knowledge is maturity. Yeah. That's and, and, and when, it, when somebody says like, ah, I mean, that's really basic. Uh, this is really the, the first big reason why I think everybody needs this season of Bright Hearth, like this principle at least. Whether you get it from this season of Bright Hearth or somewhere, or your pastor or your church, whatever, that's fine. But everybody needs this topic, and really, like, yeah. everybody needs to consider this topic regularly Yeah, because you are probably not actually applying lots of quote-unquote basic principles that you already know. Well, and I think too, when I think about like older women that I'm willing to seek advice from, it's not because they're going above and beyond the basics. It's because they've thought about it so much that they have pride it, they have applied it practically yes. in a lot of ways that are helpful. But it's not, so maybe also it's that people see the the 
specified applications of the basics and they're like, well, that's where all the fun is at. And it's like, no, no, no. It's because of this basic principle that we're trying to master. So, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, <clears throat> there's an illustration that I think is helpful here to, to understand what we're getting at, why you need this. Cause this is going to be like, we're going to work through some Christianity 101 level stuff. And I'm sure there's going to be more, you know, ho- hopefully insightful application and helps to, get your, you to wrap your, your head around some of the things we're talking about, maybe things you haven't heard before as well. But, uh, you know, the reason, I, the reason I think this is so important is because, again, you're probably not applying many basic principles you already know. It's kind of like, if I could use an illustration, the, the guy who gets really into a sport, like a hobby, let's say. Like, I've known, I used to rock climb. And so I'd have, lo- I'd have friends who rock climbed. And every once in a while, not a lot of my friends, but every once in a while, there'd be someone who would, like, they would get into rock climbing. They'd come, you know, maybe along with some of the guys and we'd go take them out to the beginner's crag or whatever. And the next day, you'd be like, man, that was fun, right? And they'd be like, oh man, that was so good. I ordered 57 pieces of gear. <laughs> I spent $4,800 and I'm like, and they start talking like a week later, they're talking as if they are an expert in rock climbing. They're name dropping all of the like, oh, did you see what Chris Sharma did this week at La Dura Dura in Spain? Or like, did you know... Uh, they start name dropping gear dropping. They're like experts. And if anybody who didn't know them, talk to them, you would think that this guy was like a, like a flipping Yoda on the rock wall. And if you actually took him out, he's climbing five, seven, like like he he doesn't have calluses yet. And I think, I think part of what you've said in the past about really knowing yourself is important here because you can, I mean, take it to women. Like you can see women that become hyper obsessed about like this one little thing their husband does. And it's just, they're really annoyed about it. And then they, they come with this really big issue. That's like a fundamental, it's not necessarily a big issue. It's a basic issue, but it's a big issue that they need to have figured out well within Christianity to mature. And in looking from the outside, it's like, that's more like you should be more worried about that yeah. in your own life than you are over here worried about your husband's little stupid thing. Yeah, you're obsessing it. You're becoming yes. an expert in it. You're like it's it's filling your vision. Yeah. And and a lot of the time what we need is for someone to come alongside and say, "Look, you've read a lot of theology books, yeah. <laughs> but you're a nagging wife." Yeah. You've read a lot of theology books, but you're not a husband who's providing for his family. Yeah. Like you've read all of John Calvin. You speak in the tongues of reformers and of modern theologians, and yet you have not love. You haven't figured out Christianity 101. Yeah. (laughs) Christianity 101. So this huge task that we always have in front of us with these big Christianity 101 issues of forgiveness, reconciliation, dealing with our sin, is making sure that we actually don't move too quickly, kind of mentally skim over the basics when we're doing our Bible reading, when we're in church, yeah. we don't start hearing the basics and think, man, that's really good for this other person. Yeah. When you're hearing the basics, you should be thinking, Lord, help me remember this this week and then actually look for ways to apply that basic principle yes. that week. That's what you should be doing. It's one of the reasons I love weekly confession of sin and assurance of pardon in church. Yeah. That's yeah. Cause every week you kneel down well, at our church, every week we kneel down all together. We silently pray and confess our sin. And then the pastor will pray a prayer of confession of sin corporately and then assure us of the pardon of Christ. And what it does every week is it reminds me that there are Christianity 101 things that yeah. I'm still confessing every week. Oh, like Most weeks, that's all that it is. Being patient, <laughs> pr- praying as I should, like all these different things that... So maybe, I mean, maybe too, that's part of why people over, like they scoff at the basics is because 
They haven't even been taught how to confess the basics. No, that's right. <laughs> no one's ever told them to chew their food. It's like, you know, no <laughs> no one's ever told them that just because they have a, a, a book on like a recipe book. What's that called? A cookbook? A recipe? Just because they have a cookbook memorized doesn't mean they're a great chef. You know, oh, like, I, yes, just because yes, 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 yes. they, yeah. they could describe the technique of, of a great golfer doesn't mean That's they're true. a great golfer. You yeah. know, uh, some of the most loveless people I've ever met have known more theology so than true. anybody else. It's I mean, so true. people we have literally it's excommunicated so <laughs> from our church because they are not Christians. Yeah who have read more theology books than anybody I've ever met. And I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm not even just thinking of one. I've yeah. seen this multiple yeah. times where men and women get absolutely, they think they are mature because they have cultivated a certain amount of doctrinal knowledge. And so it's one reason that you need this season of Brighthearth is because this Christianity 101 stuff is stuff we don't graduate from. Yeah. And it's really easy to assume that we're doing it because we know it. Yeah, your your um, maturity as a Christian does not come from the strength of your conviction. Mm. It comes from your willingness to walk in the simple duties that Christ is calling you to. Yeah, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Yeah, it's like and if your you, convictions can inform those and help those yeah. be strengthened. Yeah. But I think that's kind of what you're describing is like mm-hmm. doesn't matter how strongly you believe this stance if you're a total jerk to everyone. We could probably <laughs> even say that a lot of people think they have convictions, but what they have really aren't convictions. Because if you if you uh, really believe yeah. something, it will come out your fingertips. That's true. Like your real theology is what comes out of your fingertips yeah, that's and out true. of your mouth. Uh, a glass can only spill what it contains, as the Me Without You song says. So if if all the time you're spilling sin and bitterness and unforgiveness and you're constantly at war with everybody around you in your life and you're just like always mad at your pastor for not citing the right 17th century theologian and but <laughs> but you're loveless there's a chapter of the bible it's called 1 Corinthians 13 that has your name on it so anyway <laughs> I have an f- Amy Carmichael quote I'm going to look up okay. but keep talking because okay. I want to come back to it so just to sum up that principle that first reason that you need this season we're saying is because you probably are not actually applying many basic quote unquote principles that you already know intellectually. And I think also as, you know, related to this, a lot of the time we overestimate the peacefulness of the average Christian home because we don't see into it. Do you mean the the noise level? Is that what you mean? <laughs> like the amount of sin that's happening in the average Christian home. Okay. Sometimes because we don't see the sin all the time, we kind of assume that we're weird and so we hide our sin okay. instead of dealing with it. But if we were really aware of just like what's going through everybody's head during that confession of sin, you would understand oh, everyone's see. doing the Christianity one-on-one I see thing. what you're saying, yeah. We're all dealing with this all the time. Did you find that quote? Yeah, I did. Um, I love Amy Carmichael's book, Thou Givest, They Gather, I think is what it's called. Um, but she has a quote in there that says, a cup brimful of sweetness cannot spill even one drop of bitter water, no matter how suddenly jarred. That's so good. And she, her books are just so good, like really pithy one-liner, almost like they're her commonplace thoughts. But she was a founder of um, an orphanage in India. So she spent her whole entire life being inconvenienced by little orphans. So she has so much good, helpful. I loved reading her stuff as a young mom. So I really recommend Amy's Amy Carmichael stuff. It's one of the reasons that I think Christian biography is one of the most important things to read. Yeah, that's true. Is because sometimes it's different from theology. Theology is reading guys. Her theology is whack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> but so, that's, she's a perfect example. It's weird. Sometimes we read theology that's it's like theologians who are intricate, and that's good, and we need it. We absolutely need that. But sometimes what we need to see are examples of Christian Correct. lives where maybe they weren't PhD theologians, no, but they were PhD level Christians. Yes, in their exactly. Christian fruitfulness, exactly. And uh, the number of times we get this wrong, where we just think, "Wow, they know a lot. They're mature." Absolutely not. 
That's not Christian <laughs> maturity. Yeah. It's absolutely not. The devil has probably no has forgotten more theology than you'll ever know. And that's not actually true. But you know what I mean? Like the devil could could probably from memory cite whole pa- whole books of the Bible. Yeah, was it Daphne recently? She was like, the devil doesn't believe in God. And I was like, actually, <laughs> well, actually he, he does. does. <laughs> yeah, he does. He just don't obey him. <laughs> and some of y'all are devils. <laughs> We all, <laughs> we all need to repent in that way. So th- th- another reason why we think you need to season a bright hearth, why we all do, it's because love is the sine qua non of the Christian life. And that means figuring out how to love people who sin against you and to love people whom you have sinned against properly. Another way we could say this is that love is the testing point of our faith in many ways. And peacemaking is the testing point of our love right? Greater love has this, has no man than this. He lay his life down for his friends. So when we're talking about the Christian faith and Christian maturity, really we're talking according to Jesus about people who, whose loves are properly ordered. They love righteousness. Mm-hmm. They love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They love their neighbor as themselves. So love really is the sine qua non of the Christian life and the testing point of our faith. Are you speaking English? <laughs> For all of our English-speaking listeners, please <laughs> define the word. I might have a little more to elaborate upon. <laughs> Do you desire to be financially shrewd for the sake of your family and future generations? We know that a robust society depends on getting this right, success in building and passing on personal wealth. Let's be mature, responsible leaders with the resources God expects us to turn a profit on, to love our children and children's children well. Joe Garrisey with Backwards Planning Financial integrates investments, debt, insurance, tax strategies, and legacy planning in a holistic approach, coaching his clients to act wisely. You can do better than you received. You can affect your family's trajectory and maximize your efforts to set up long-term fruitfulness. Joe starts with your values and goals, then provides impactful counsel to help you form and implement your plan. Visit him online at backwardsplanningfinancial.com or just tap on his website link in the description and reach out to Joe to get started today. I'm sorry. The sine qua non <laughs> is, the, is, is an essential condition okay. of something. It means something that it's absolutely critical or it, it, without it, you lose the whole thing. So it's like, okay, yeah, it, you know, it'd be like saying a sine qua non of a good dinner is something other than just soup. Well, you already referenced First Corinthians 13. You're welcome. Soup man. and bread, okay? You're welcome. Soup man. and bread. Soup isn't a meal. <laughs> um, this, it's meat. Sine qua non of a good meal is meat. First Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. That's what immediately comes to mind. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith, have all faith even, have all faith all even, faith. but have not love, I am nothing. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen that emphasized so much as I do right now reading this, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, when you start to connect it to your actual life and you're like, wow, am I a mature Christian? Do I love people? Do I love my, do I love my family? Or let's, as a mom, let's talk about it as like, okay, is all your food homemade, but you have temper problems? Yeah. Um, is your house spotless, but you refuse to let anyone live there and you're grumpy at mm-hmm. them all day when they do? Like, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. Is your house spotless and your your head covering hand sewn? Yeah. But your heart is full of bitterness? That's true too. Love yeah. is the essential condition of the Christian life. I mean, it's love is the 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 heart 
love is the heart. Read First John. You know, read the Gospel of John. Read First Corinthians. I mean, over and over in Scripture, our love, whether we love the Lord God and love our neighbor, is the testing point of our Christian maturity. And so, you know, you might say, what does this have to do with peacemaking? Well, because when we're talking about biblical conflict resolution in the world under the sun, while we still have the flesh, the testing point of love is often going to be whether you can deal with sin. Well, also, like if you are in conflict with somebody that you love, you will want to go through the effort of the time, energy, and thought that it takes to apply biblical principles of peacemaking. You won't be frustrated. Again, as a mom, I'm thinking through like if you get interrupted while you're making dinner and you need to help somebody work through a conflict, you're not going to be frustrated that dinner is late. You're going to be like, hey, I love these people. It's my job to help them mature in Christ. I need to stop and deal with this. Yep, yep. So. Exactly. So we could say that a reason for this season is basically because you're not going to be entrusted with graduate level fruitfulness until you have mastered kindergarten level fruitfulness. And all of it, the kindergarten, this is actually important, I think, to understand is that when we talk about something like graduate level Christian fruitfulness, where you're, we all want to grow into the men and women of faith who are venerable and we're wise and we know how to deal with different situations and we can counsel the younger people behind us. Our children come to us for advice. We're pillars in the church. Like, that's what I mean by graduate level fruitfulness. I don't mean like you're famous and everybody listens to you, whatever, like celebrity pastor. That's not, I mean, you are abounding in the fruit of the spirit. Now, yeah, yeah. when I say that you're not going to be entrusted with that level of fruitfulness, so you've mastered kindergarten level fruitfulness. Again, I don't mean, and we don't mean that being able to love and, and work through conflict Christianly is something that you're going to master in kindergarten and then not use again. I mean, yes. it's kind of like advanced physics. People who are doing theoretical astrophysics. They're doing math and they're still doing addition while they do math. Have they added a lot more to that? Absolutely. They're doing trigonometry. They're doing advanced calculus. They're doing really hard math. But all of it still depends on them being able to do simple addition and say that three plus two equals five. Yeah, that's a good point. A good way to... Christian conflict resolution and biblical love it is one of these kindergarten level skills that we're all called to master, to confess our sin, to forgive one another our sins when we're sinned against, to know how to do that. But it's not in the sense that we're not going to use it then when we get to the graduate level, but that when you're giving advice, hopefully, and Lord willing, as an old man or an old woman in the faith, and you're, you're the pillar in the church and people are coming to you, you're still going to be teaching them how to do this. This is going to be the thing that you are telling them over and over. When yeah. you're the 80-year-old lady who, who's counseling the 25-year-old young lady with marriage problems, you're going to be telling her how to resolve conflict biblically, mm-hmm. how to respect her. How, you're going to be telling her one-on-one level stuff. I'm thinking about like the only difference between me and a professional sous chef using their knives well that I could also have is like time and training. It's the same tools that we're both using but they just will be able to use it better because they've spent more time applying it and they've probably had more training and self-discipline in it than someone like me. So that's, you know. That's really good. Yeah, that's, that's like what we were talking about earlier where it's like you could buy all the knives. You could get all the books yeah, on true. Christian theology. Well, can you use them though? Well, you have to practice. You actually yeah. have to do yeah. it. And you're not going to be slicing and dicing with Gordon Ramsay, theologically speaking, in, in terms of Christian maturity and fruitfulness, until you get some time and put a lot of vegetables through the knives. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like you're Which gonna- means, and this is the part that's hard is what that means is a lot of conflict coming your way. Absolutely. So we should, in some senses, we should not panic when conflict happens. That's right. I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot 
as we've been going through some biblical counseling resources that you've recommended to me is like conflict is still something that God turns a profit on in a Christian's life. And even in some of the passages in scripture where it's talking about like, stop complaining about one another or thinking you're less than or better than I made all these different parts in the body. You're going to have conflict because you guys all have different opinions because I gave you different opinions to do different things. So allow that sort of conflict to then spur on your sanctification. So it helped me be like, okay, it's not actually bad when people come and they have different opinions. We just need to figure out how to deal with it with wisdom. Yes, does that absolutely. make sense? Oh, hundred percent. It was a huge game changer for me. I feel like recently. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's what's happening. Yeah, you're <laughs> right not trying life. to say you're not trying to stop all conflict. And I think as for a, as a mom for so long, I've been like, stop the conflict. But it's like, no, put the tool in the hand. You teach them through it to work through the conflict. Yes. So yeah, like one reason this is so important is because. All of the great tasks of your life, and like Lexi's saying, like everything you do, marriage, parenting, church life, vocational life, it's going to require that we master the resolution of sin and conflict effectively, because these are tests, like another way that I can't remember who first sort of gave me this analogy or that I heard it from, but it's it's like when you're going through life, the Lord allows certain tests to come in, testing points of your virtue and your character, and he allows certain chastening to come in where he gives you a test and you fail it where he gives you the test of the kid in the middle of the night that's sick and the husband sleeps like a log and he doesn't seem to hear it at all. And it's like, (laughs) you're up for the fit. And I'm describing our life basically (laughs) listener. Cause I sleep like the equivalent of a dead person. When I'm asleep, it's basically one, one like tick on the life meter away from death. (laughs) So Lexi's not like that. And, And, and one of the things that means is that a lot of times I wake up in the morning, I'll talk to her and I'm like, oh, are you okay? She's like, this person was up and this person was up and this person was up. And I literally, listener, I just slept through it peaceful. And I know, I'm sure Lexi had the temptation. No. Some mornings, some mornings, she was probably tempted by the flesh to look at me and be like, yeah, like 15 people were up and I don't want to look at you right now because you look no. so rested. No. no. And I'm saying, and there, she passes that test, by the way, if she ever feels that temptation. <laughs> but you're going to have that kind of test where you're like, I am tempted right now to absolutely despise my child because yeah. they're sick and needy. Yeah. How are you going to do in that test? How, how are you going to do Are you going to pass it? And the thing that the Lord really seems to like to do is to give you the same level of test. He's going to give you the second grader test of conflict resolution until you pass it. Yeah. I was reading an A.A. Hodges commentary on the Westminster Confession this morning about, um, I think it was Romans 6 where Paul is talking about, I think it's the chapter on sanctification, but he's using the verse in Romans six, where Paul is talking about like, deliver me from this body of flesh basically. And so he's kind of Hodges is kind of trying to answer the question of will Christians struggle with sin or will they not struggle with sin? Mm -hmm. And he just pointedly says that verse from Galatians, I think it's five fourteen. Yeah. The answer to the question of like, what are you going to do when you're looking at your yucky flesh and the answer is Galatians 5.14 of mortify, mortify it, kill it. Mortify Like right there, kill it. So until we like can work up that strength to carry the knife blade to the throat of our sin, yeah. God's going to keep giving us that test to grow that muscle of sanctification that yep. is all by grace and faith. Yes, absolutely. Until you've mastered the second grade test, until you've mastered that test, yes. a lot of times the Lord will keep giving it to you. Yeah. And, and then he'll keep giving it to you. And then what happens when you master it? He gives you the harder one. Like he, he, he prepared, we, he's faithful. I think we can get annoyed. We're like, why? 
that there's a harder one. But again, it's like this is the whole point of this is that you become more like Jesus. Yeah. So how do you think Christ like older saints are made? Yeah. This well, is how they're made. And even like, I don't know if this applies or not, but like um, I was not feeling well at all on Good Friday <laughs> at all. And I just wanted to cry all day. I was super itchy. You guys have been very itchy for days. One of those weird COVID And I symptoms. have not slept well because of it. But I was just remembering like, okay, if Jesus literally was like suffering on the cross on Good Friday, I can get through one itchy day without having to break down crying. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his body was ripped apart. I can handle itchiness. Yeah. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. what like all of, there is nothing we will ever experience in this life that is, crucifixion level pain against us all of our like sin and small offenses that we have to deal with from other people all it is is itchiness you know (laughs) what i mean like on the scale of true offense because you're not the lord of the universe and the way that you make these old battle-tested wise generals is by lots of soldiers fighting lots of battles getting lots of scars following in the Lord, imitating him in some small way, picking up our cross daily in small ways, forgiving one another when it fe- when we really don't want to, when what we really want to do is demand justice and demand our rights. When the person is sinned for the fifth time that day and we're going, I the, the last thing I want to do is extend love to this person. What I actually yeah. want to do is destroy them. Yeah. I, I want to start getting in a fight, a, a sin fight back and forth to see who can, <laughs> who can out-sin the other one. And instead of that, what the biblical gospel does when it's applied in the life of the church is that it continually disrupts. It puts cool water on the, on the fires. Yep. It yeah. drowns out the sparks before they become a, a complete conflagration, burning your house down. And, and when we learn those Christianity one-on-one things and apply them over and over practically, that's what starts to happen is that before they get into the kitchen is on fire. It's like, Ooh, there was a spark and the cool water of grace yeah. and self-control falls on it. What's that verse about, don't, the proverb about not stoking the fire? I can't remember. We tell you're the right. kids that all the yeah, time. Like, you're right. are, you, are you purposefully putting another log on the fire? Yeah, because what the <laughs> flesh wants to do is it sees a hot coal, a little ember in the other person, and it goes, Yeah. It, like, you probably couldn't hear that because my noise more nasty comment. You go and blow on it like, <laughs> I'm a bellows for sin. And But I think it's important that we say this, and this is really the last category of reason why we think you need this season that will it will intro it and get into the meat the meaty sort of practical stuff beginning next week is that this really is something that you have to learn how to do there actually are skills involved in this Mm -hmm. there really is knowledge and teaching that you need to have this is not something that just comes naturally to us no no. (laughs) there's things you really need to learn how to do no i'm listening to mansfield park and it is there's an interesting section where they're talking about like two different types of upbringing, one in a just unruly city family versus the country family that's received like a quality education yeah. and the differences that are found there. And it was interesting to listen to the author talk about that and and to realize like most people today, all of that training period that we go through should be like zero to 18. But the average unbeliever does not have that. And so that that period of our life that, like we're embarrassed now as adults trying to learn this, but through that whole period, that's where it should have been happening. We yeah. we weren't embarrassed. It's very natural for everyone to understand. Teenagers are sort of awkward. They're kind of stumbling. Like it's not a weird thing. It is weird that adults do that now. And so now we feel embarrassed about it, but it just helped me see though, like it really is a skill. It should have its proper place in life. Yeah. It doesn't always, 
but let's recover that then. Yeah, these are skills. All of us have either been handed by example and overt teaching how to burn your house down and get in fights all the time and never be at peace and be anxious and be scrabbling for your own and protecting yourself and you know not giving yourself away and you're a cup full of bitter water every time you're bumped you're spilling and you were either modeled that and taught that to some degree or you were modeled the way of Christ you were modeled the way of the biblical gospel applied how to confess your own sin and deal with it biblically how to deal with people's sin against you how to forgive, when to forgive, what do you do when the other person won't repent? What do you do when the person's estranged from you? What does it mean to be at peace with all men insofar as it's up with you? Like all of these things are skills. They're they're applied theological truths to everyday actual life. So the reason a season like this that we hope is helpful is because what we're gonna try to do is not just talk about abstract principles, but actually take those principles and say, here are the skills that you need to make these come to life in your actual everyday home. Because a lot of us, have been modeled from birth highly dysfunctional ways of dealing with sin. Correct, yep. Highly dysfunctional ways. Some of you guys in your home, you don't even realize it because it's the water you swam in. Yeah. And and maybe you got, maybe your spouse, like you married them and, and there are things that, you, that they do that are absolutely destructive and you think, why are they doing that? A lot of times it's because <laughs> their whole family did this or yeah. you're like this and you don't even know. Yeah. So the goal is to look in the mirror, be able to see ourselves accurately, and then look in the, in, into the, to the image of Christ, the perfect God-man, and by grace and through faith, be imitators of Christ. Yeah. And put to death these old patterns that we've learned, and, and, and actually give names to them, and say yeah. like, wow, what I learned from my mom, and I'm not saying this, my mom literally did not teach me this, so mom, <laughs> if you listen to this, I'm not subtweeting you. you know, but maybe you learned from your mom, just how to be absolutely anxious anytime anything went wrong. Mm -hmm. And you just sin in anxiety and you're crippled and everybody around you just knows that they, so now you deal with sin against you that way. You just get anxious. You, you shrink in on yourself. You don't know how to talk things through. You cry every time your husband now tries to bring up something that's going (laughs) wrong and you just can't even talk about it. Well, there's a pattern you learned that's deeply ingrained in you that the Lord really would in his grace kindly come alongside and say, here's a better way. Yeah. It's actually a skill to learn. And having, I think it does help too, having the weekly confession. Mm-hmm. Even yesterday during confession, I was like, I know there's been this behavior I've seen in my heart this week, mm. but I don't know a specific, like, I don't know what to confess. A name for it. Bring the name to mind because I want to be able to forsake that this week. And the Lord was very helpful <laughs> as he usually sure is. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I do think it's helpful to get specific with those those yes. sort of things. And, yeah. and the yeah. thing is, and we'll leave you with this, you're not stuck. No. Like the Lord yes, is with correct. you. I don't care if you have, I mean, I do care. I don't, but in a sense, I don't care if you had 25 years of terrible family experience and you're like, well, I'm just stuck. This is who I am. This is how I deal with conflict. No, you're a Christian mm-hmm. and that means you're an imitator of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that means he really does desire for you and will give you the tools to walk in obedience to him, to uproot these old patterns, to put them to death and to replace them with godliness. Like Paul in Colossians 3 is talking about this as if we're taking off certain garments and putting on certain garments. He says, uh, put off anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. These are the works of the flesh. Then he says, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, meekness, kindness, all these fruits of the spirit. And the reality is you are not stuck. Yeah. You don't have to just imitate the ways of your parents that were dysfunctional or your grandparents. 
you don't have to continue walking in those things. Yeah. Even again, this morning in the commentary, I was thinking about, I think it's in Romans six where Paul is saying to reckon yourself um, dead to sin. And I was thinking like, if he's literally telling us to consider ourselves dead to sin, it must be possible to like get up and see your bad habit every day and actually consider that you're dead to that habit even. Yes. The the actual outworking of the sin. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking like, I don't know how that, I don't know. Like I can think of my bad habits and I don't know how that plays itself out, but I do Uh know the first step is in faith of like, okay, Lord, well, I believe you. So you please help me supplant this and plant down healthier seed. Like, you say it can be dead, so help yep. me kill it. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Like yeah. prayer is a very helpful tool. Taking hold of those promises and that the Lord has said, taking hold of them and, and believing them and living them and living in light of them. And, and really it begins with believing. Like one of my favorite verses in the whole New Testament is when Jesus says, fear not little flock, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I just think, there it is. That's, that is the Father's heart to us and Christ's heart to us is that we're his little sheep and, and we're sheep. Like we're, like we're saying, we're falling in ditches, we're running into barbed wire fences, we're bleeding all over. And he, he's like, like, don't fear. It's not just the Father's begrudging idea that if you're good yeah. enough, he'll, no, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so what that means is that we need to ask, we need to say, Father, you said this and I'm living out the way of the kingdom of darkness in my life, my marriage, my parenting, whatever it is. Will you give me your kingdom and the way of that kingdom here right now, practically? Will you help me put this sin to death? The Lord delights to answer that prayer. He absolutely delights to answer that prayer. And we hope that this season, we give you some practical theology with handles that you can grab onto, that you can diagnose maybe problems and patterns that you've been walking in, and maybe you've been handed by your family or bad churches or whatever it is. And we really do hope that this season will bear a lot of good fruit in your life. It will help you uproot those sins, take off those works of the flesh, put on the works of Christ. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll we'll catch you next time. And in the meantime, if you'd like to uh, get even more of the, the Bright Hearth experience, we will say, and you'd like to support the show, there's a link in the description for our Patreon channel. And patrons get access to a patron-exclusive podcast called In the Kitchen, a short little practical weekly podcast we put out with our main show just for patrons, where we give lots of practical household management stuff, time management, everything from cooking and clothing to, you know, our (laughs) how to travel as a family to, I mean, there's just so much in the medicine cabinet. There's so much practical stuff there uh, that we hope is helpful to you. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and your church family. We hope that it's a blessing to you and that this season continues to be a blessing to you as well. We'll see you next time on Bright Hearth.